0: Welcome to Unmute Yourself,
1: the podcast. I'm Nancy Metoff, author, speaker, and coach. And I'm Beth Kanaus, creative copywriter and the owner of That's a Spade Copywriting Services. We are done being polite and ready to get real about confidence, boundaries, and self-respect, both personally and in the workplace. Beth and I first
0: met when we collaborated on the best-selling communication handbook for women, unmute yourself and speak up to stand out. Now we are amplifying our message and taking it on the road with Unmute Yourself, the podcast. Warning, there may be, no, who are we kidding, will be some adult content. We have a bullshit button and we're not
1: afraid to use it. So buckle up buttercups because here we go.
0: hey girl hey hey girl hey it's nancy medoff and it's beth knouse we are back or we are here or we are somewhere talking about what are we talking about today beth
1: well we're going to talk about politeness and hiding but first we're going to talk about how we landed here at our
0: podcast right i forgot. So um, for those of you who don't know, Beth and I partnered on a book, it's called Unmute Yourself and Speak Up to Stand Out. It's a communication handbook for women who wanna get a seat at the table and then build a bigger table. So Beth, I know why I wrote the book. Uh, Why don't we start with why you
1: jumped in and were the editor extraordinaire on the book? Okay, I would love to do that. So I think, uh, you know, the first thing that drew me to it, because I don't really go out and look for books to edit, I, I really feel like I have to connect with them. Um, but we have similar philosophies, I think, and, and our perspectives are close. So that was definitely the first reason. And although I haven't worked in corporate, and you have, I do feel like I see these similarities in general with women who say they wanna to get to the top and then maybe don't necessarily have the tools to get there. So, and of course our personalities were. are ours love each other. <laughs> yep. So
0: when you say <clears throat> you didn't work at corporate but you see women holding themselves back. So what, where, and when, like what, how?
1: Where when, into so down? So I work mainly with um, people who work for themselves. Right. And I do work mainly with women, although I do have some male clients and they always. It's hard for them, I think, to prioritize their business because it's often seen as maybe the second income as a home or there's still kids at home and they're working at home. And so there's that pull to make that more of a priority than their business or you know, when you work just by yourself, you're wearing all the hats and doing all the things. And then there's this like insecurity of what the heck am I doing? How am I going to make money? I don't know how to do my bookkeeping or my marketing or all those other things. So what, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I I don't know how to do my bookkeeping or my marketing, because I'm
0: thinking about male business owners versus female business owners. Do you think the male business owners say to themselves, oh my God, I don't know how to do my bookkeeping. Like you never hear about them You never hear about men and money, which I know is going to be another episode, but um, you never hear about that. So I just think it's important to note that distinction.
1: You don't hear about
0: them, right? Right. You
1: don't. You don't.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, I decided to write the book because I was getting very frustrated at being spoken over. And being, um, I mean, the origin story of the book, if you've read it, is that I was in a meeting and some some of my male colleague kept answering the questions that were being directed at me. So I wrote it because I'm an extrovert and I have no problem speaking up. And I thought about the thousands and millions of women worldwide who can't or because they're not allowed to, A, if we're talking worldwide, some of it's they simply can't. And B don't have the self-confidence or courage to speak up and, and um, think about how much different the world would be if women could step into who they are. The whole world would be different,
1: right?
0: I agree. agree. So we're going to do that one podcast at a time. Yes, absolutely. Great. So tell me,
1: um, tell me about women being polite. So I feel like um, I'm going to jump in and start with my whole concept of the generational thing, um, which you and I have talked about. That, like for me, my mother was a housewife. She was really bright, really good at business, but for whatever reason, that was the thing socially, uh, socially acceptable at the time. You got married, you had babies, and that was your profession, so to speak. And of course, my grandmother definitely was that person, and happily so. But I feel like now as, as women, we want to have careers, we want to have jobs, and sometimes we have to, and we're so busy worrying about what other people think, or what if I say something something's going to hurt someone's feelings, or what if I get, you know, canceled the whole famous like fear of being canceled in our culture which You know, unless you're a celebrity or a politician, I don't know that you really have to worry about being canceled on the whole planet. I think it's more like it's easier to find your people if you can be bolder in what you say. But I just feel like there's this hands in the lap. Let me be polite. Someone will see me over here shining, you know, my little light instead of stepping in and saying, hey, I'm over here. I have this to bring to the table.
0: So it's interesting you bring that up because I was going to tell you before we started recording, I saw my little granddaughter yesterday. She's five and cute as a button. And that child does not need to unmute herself at all. She is about as off mute as one can get. <clears throat> of course, I love it. And she was she was being a little aggressive yesterday. And I said, wow, honey, you're being a little aggressive, right? And I was very careful not to say, you're being bossy because little girls are bossy. Little boys are just little boys, which brings me to my question for you, which is why do you think we're socialized? And do you think it's changing? So why do you think women are socialized to be
1: polite? And do you think that's changing for future generations? I definitely think it's changing somewhat for future generations, but that's in our generation's hands, right? It's about what we teach, our kids as we raise them, and I know I have done that with my own daughters, but I think that we have been taught to put on these faces, right, as the host, as the head of the PTA meeting, as, you know, in the mommy group, in all these places where you just want to be liked, and you want to be accepted, and, you know, you just don't, you just don't want to rock the boat. Right? You just want everything to be nice. You're the fixer. You know how to make dinner. You know how to do all these really nice things. But it's not necessarily going to get you where you want to go. Like, I don't want my daughters to be that way. And I don't think that they are that way.
0: I would agree. Uh, You know, it's interesting because you said the mommy group and the PTA. And I think that's super important. I was never in a mommy group or a PTA. So for me, I mean, I would hang out with the mothers at the at the uh, soccer games but I kind of wore as a badge of honor that I wasn't and I would be like wild and jump in and play soccer with the kids or whatever so but for me it's been um fear of being judged which is so fascinating because I don't speak unless I know what I'm talking about contrary to popular belief I usually do know what I'm talking about but even though I know what I'm talking about it's this fear of being judged and the fear, I don't know if it's the fear of being wrong or the fear of being judged. And that's what in the past had held me back was just what if I say something stupid? What if I say something that we already covered and I missed it? It's always like, what, what are people going to think? And it's really interesting because I grew up the youngest of four. I was wild. I, I, I didn't care and I don't care usually what people think of me. But if I'm in an environment where I'm in a meeting or when I was in my corporate job, I would be afraid of being judged. And that's, that's what would hold me back. You know, it's interesting because a friend of mine sent me a text the other day. Uh, it was, she sends me these, these texts of these um, stats and quotes and stuff she thinks I like. This was about uh, VC funding. And some statistic about women only account for like 2% of VC funding that was given out. And I said, well, this statistic's great, but I would want to see how many women applied for the VC funding versus the men. You know, I think, and we've talked about this and it's in the book, you look at um, uh, women, the gender wage gap and the CEO gap and all of the information that you and I lived and breathed as we were writing this book and still live and breathe. And we agree that more often than not, it's because the women are not raising their hands. So is it time to stop blaming the patriarchy and to look at what what we're doing?
1: Yeah, and I would agree with that. Again, going back to the politeness factor, I think that some women feel that there's this model, right? Like that we've just been talking about and that by presenting that model, if they just sit and wait, someone's gonna say, oh, Look at what a good girl she is let's reward her with this job or with this raise or with this thing except we also just mentioned this concept of men and women with money i don't think that that happens with men i think men are like oh there's this position i have myself to provide for i have my family to provide for what why wouldn't i go for this position right there's no hesitancy of oh do i look right or oh do i sound right or who's going to judge me that there it doesn't exist right it's much more of a factual that would benefit me. I'm going to go for it. And I think that's a piece of it too, for us is that it's a little bit more in the feminine mindset to have emotion involved. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I feel like men are just like, Oh, I need to make more money. I'm going to do it. I need to hire somebody. I'm going to do it. Um, and there's not all of that. What if going on for them
0: or Mm -hmm. there is, and they do it anyway.
1: Right. And they don't discuss it.
0: Right. They have the fear and they do it anyway. They know they're not qualified. And the statistic, the latest statistic, I think was, and it changes, but women won't um post for a job or interview for a job unless they check off 80% of the qualifications. And men, they don't care if they're half qualified. They'll still go for it. So they're they they know they're not qualified. They may have hesitations, but they do it anyway. And that that is what we've talked about, people aren't talking about, is that. It's not that men aren't afraid. They just do it anyway.
1: Right. And I feel like I have definitely seen um, friends of mine, like with these ideas or saying, I want to make more money. I have this skill. I can do this. And there is just that hesitancy, right? Of Oh, my gosh. How am I going to do this? You know, that sense of, like, overwhelm and how am I going to do all those parts? And how, where am I going to get the money to start? What if I don't make money? And, you know, all this time that people waste, I think, thinking about that stuff, rather than saying, I'm going to give it a go. All the time that women waste.
0: Yes. Because the men, yeah, it's so interesting. It's so interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the other thing I think you and I talked about this story, my My daughter, I have a daughter who's very creative and she's very um, expressive and connected emotionally and she'll go to do something and she'll say, oh, but I feel bad. And she will say, I don't, but you know, I feel bad. I feel, what if this, what if the person feels this? What if the person gets angry or whatever? And so for a long time, I've been saying to her, you're not responsible, A, for how that person feels. You're not responsible for their reaction. And if you know you're doing the best thing for yourself and you're not doing it with the intention to harm or hold somebody back, it's not really a problem how somebody feels, right? Does that work? Um, Yeah. I mean, I think there are times where it tugs at her, but I think there are times where she can see, you know, it's okay to, I mean, it's not like I haven't done it and said to myself, well, I feel bad. This is, you know, a little uncomfortable or awkward or whatever. And then I'm like, but it's the best choice, so I'm going to push through it. Mm -hmm. And so I think she's actually seen me do it, and so she will do it. Does she do it every time? I'm going to guess no, but most of the time, which is what I would aim for. That's great. Yeah, that's great.
0: So interesting because I grew up confident, but I don't remember my mother ever training me that way. Like, I don't remember those conversations. I'm not saying they never happened. I just don't remember them. I I really don't. But but it's interesting because you you mentioned – Something about housewife earlier, and I I wrote down housewife. My mom raised four kids, but then she went to work and, and went to the Harvard extension to get her degree after her fourth child, which was me, was, I don't know, I think I must have been in grade school. So it, it's, you know, I don't remember her sitting down and having any of these conversations with me, but i and I haven't really thought about this since we're talking, but I wonder if it was that seeing her and very, very traditional household. I mean, dinner was on the table at six o'clock and if it wasn't, there was a big problem. I don't actually, I don't ever remember it not being on the table, period. Um, so at the same time, so she got the dinner on the table, she took care of her four kids, and then she went back to work and she put dinner on the table, she took care of her four kids, and then she decided to go get a, a degree at the Harvard Extension. Like, who does that? Who did that? But this was years, this was 50 years ago, 40 years ago. So I wonder if, you know, she didn't outwardly overtly say anything, but it was she modeled that
1: behavior, which to this minute I have never thought about, which is interesting. Yeah. And I wonder how the women around her reacted. You know, like, who were her friends and what were their mindsets, wow. and who decided that they maybe couldn't be friends at that point because that was just so foreign for them, which it was. And I want to clarify if somebody wants to be a housewife, by all means, have at it. Yeah. This is more about women who are like, well, I'm raising my kids at home, but I really want this other thing and I want autonomy. I want to make my own money and be independent and use my intellect and all of that other stuff.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to ask her. See if she remembers. She probably won't remember, but I'll ask her anyway. Um, okay. Uh, what else is, I feel like I feel like we're doing an interview. Um, what else is top of mind for you as it relates to politeness? Because I get a story, and but it's a big one. So I want to okay. make sure we get everything you wanted to talk about.
1: So, yeah, I wanted to say one more thing I was thinking about before we got on here, and it was... You know, like when my kids were applying for college, which is an overwhelming time for a kid, there's so many things they have to do, the testing, the essays, the, you know, filling out applications and all that sort of stuff. And I remember just saying to them, we're just doing one thing at a time. You're just writing an essay right now. Don't think about what happens if you get into this school, right? Let's not worry about the money because they're either gonna give us what we need or they're not, write the essay. When you're done with the essay, we're gonna send in the application. And if they ask you to come to school there, you don't have to decide yet. That's not what we're doing today. So it was like, let's just put things in motion, one little thing at a time. And it also made me think of, I can't remember who said this to me, but you know how like you get invitations to a million things, say yes. It's easier to say yes, because you can always retract, right? Like if you're having a party and you're inviting people and people say yes, we automatically know there's a certain percentage of people who say no, right? Or can't come at the last minute. But if you say no first, particularly in careers and things like that you can't change your mind and say yes Mm -hmm. but if you say yes it's easier to change your mind and say no Mm -hmm.
0: yeah when when you when when that in terms of careers uh, i was often taught and often did say yes and figure it out later i think that i think Sheryl sandberg actually was famous for saying that say yes and then figure it out because you're not going to get the opportunity again right yeah yeah um So the story I wanted to tell, which is somewhat controversial, which I think is actually good for one of our first podcast recordings, um, is, and I I sent this to you in a text, and the quote was, I took the quaalude because I didn't want to be rude. And for everybody who's listening, Beth and I weren't sure if we were going to include this story because it is somewhat disturbing and controversial. And uh, we both felt it was really important because it's pretty significant in terms of the lengths women will go to. So I am a huge podcast junkie and I listened to the New York Times, one of their their podcasts. I unfortunately, I can't remember the name of it. Serial, S-E-R-I-A-L. I'll link it in the show notes. So this was a story about the Bill Cosby trial and the Bill Cosby situation, which is horrific on so many levels, so many levels, horrific. And I was listening to it. And I actually probably should have stopped listening to it halfway through because like, why do I want to spend my mental energy on something as awful as that? Uh, But at the same time, I found it interesting because he got away with it as long as he did. And he wasn't prosecuted the first time, which was also interesting. but another conversation for another podcast. So I was listening to one of his victims being interviewed and she said um, what he used to do was he used to um, incapacitate his victims with drugs. He never, he was never physically violent per se, but he they couldn't move. They literally could not move. And she said, you know, he kept offering me a Quaalude and he kept offering me a Quaalude. This is how long ago it was. And she said, I took the Quaalude because I didn't want to be rude. And I was blown away Not judging her because it's horrible. I mean, I get she took the quailude because she didn't want to be rude. She was with she was with this this icon and she didn't want to take it. She knew what it was going to do to her, but she did it anyway. And that really sat with me and resonated with me for a very long time. Because I see it now. We still see it. We see it with date rape. We see it with girls in college who keep drinking and drinking and drinking at the frat frat parties because they don't want to be rude. And um, I think it's important to talk about, to illustrate the lengths women will go through to not be rude. It's fascinating.
1: What do you think about that? And so what I'm thinking is that not being rude is what polite is, right? Right. Not offending somebody. And so many things as you were talking about this, you know, clearly he knew he could wear them down by continually offering the quaalude, right? That somebody wouldn't, I mean, we could get into this in so many ways. Why are you in the room alone with him anyway? A, let's start with that. (laughs) But you should be able to be in a room alone with somebody. Right. Yep. But at some point, does your inner instinct not go off? I don't know. But I think this also goes back to What have you been taught, right? What have you seen? What have you witnessed maybe in your life that you're like, oh, this is normal, right? Why would I, and and maybe you don't have that reaction, but yeah, I think it's crazy. Um, And I've never been in a situation like that. I mean, have I dealt with pushy men? Yeah, I have. Um, But yeah, I mean, I remember you know, when my first daughter went off to college saying to her like, don't ever put your solo cup down. (laughs) Right. If you go to the bathroom, take it with you. And if you put it down, get a new drink when you come out, mm-hmm. just, you know, if you have to buy another drink, let me know, I'll, I'll cover it for you. Just don't, you know, you, you, you have to yeah. think about what you're doing. Think about your who you're with, what's surrounding you, and what choices are you making to protect yourself, which, again, the fact you have to think about protecting yourself. But, yeah, I think that's nuts in a, in a nutshell.
0: And it's a good point. You said he knew he would wear them down because as you're talking, I'm, uh, you know, I heard probably 15 testimonials and they all said, not one of them, not one of them agreed to it the first time, not one, some of them, he lied and said, you know, whatever, it's cold medicine, but some of them, he's like, no, this will help you relax. This will help you relax. This will help you relax. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, kind of a, kind of a downer to end on. Don't you think let's talk about. That's something. Right. Let's talk about
1: something uh, positive.
0: Well, let's talk about how we can stop being polite or let's talk about how we can step in. Let's talk about how we can step in. So you talked about how you tell your daughter, how you teach your daughter. Um, One of the tactics I used to use is when I was in a room and I wanted to raise my hand and say something in a meeting. Um, You know, I I would, I would remember a time that I had done it before and almost every single time after the meeting somebody would say I'm so glad you asked that question. Or I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing. So I think it was as a technique it was calling on a time I did it before when it worked and um, you know just bringing that
1: feeling up to help
0: overcome that hesitation.
1: Right, right. Um, And I have some notes here, you know, we were talking about people's self select themselves out of a situation by saying oh I don't have enough skills for this job or I don't know anything about this or oh that person will be better you know it's also possible to do the opposite and check all the good boxes right and say what would I bring to this situation you know what are my skills what is my unique background and ability Um, and make that kind of list rather than a negative list and you know it's something you can look at right something you can put on paper and you can look at and remind yourself yes I'm feeling a little you know uncertain about these other things but I'm I'm feeling good about these things and so I'm gonna go forward. I think it's making those little shifts right and, and building on that to build that confidence.
0: A little bit at a time it really is a little bit at a time you're not gonna wake up and be like super woman confident. It it's takes a little bit at a time one little micro step. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So we said that we would end every podcast with a resource um, call to action. So a resource and a call to action. So for the call to action, I think we just kind of covered that. It was when you feel yourself hesitating, call on one of these tactics, either the Beth tactic or the Nancy tactic to help boost your confidence a little bit and just do it. I mean, at a certain point, you just have to do it, throw caution to the wind
1: and just do it. Right. Even if it's something really small to get started. Exactly. Like talking to a stranger. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course, a wonderful resource is the Unmute Yourself book. Yes. Standout, which you know has a lot of tips on conversation and confidence and how to handle these situations where maybe you don't hundred percent trust how it's gonna go for you. Um, it's just full of so many things that you could go in and read again and again. And there's online resources too that go with the book, right?
0: There is, yes. And we'll also put those in the show notes too. Those are free. You just go to the website and drop them down. All right, what else? What Are we gonna do a bye, girl, bye? Sure, why not? Okay. Bye, girl, bye. Bye, girl, bye. On the next episode, we'll talk about why we do this,
1: right? Absolutely. Okay.
0: Bye. Bye. That's a wrap on another episode of unmute yourself, the podcast. We hope you found value in today's podcast. We hope you were able to take a little time for
1: yourself and perhaps think about how you're showing up. And thank you for all of the great feedback we've been receiving. We'd love to hear more from you about what you think the tactics you're using every day to speak up, and anything else you'd like to hear about on future episodes of Unmute Yourself the Podcast. You can contact us through our websites. Nancy can be found at nancymetoff.com and Beth can be found at thatsaspade.com. Or you can email us at unmuteyourselfthepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. We will see you next week. And until then, keep speaking up.